My name is Shub Saran, and this is a podcast series where I explore the life of musicians on and off stage. I'm making this series to ask what it means to be a musician today in the hopes that I can better understand what we do and why we choose to do it. To continue on last episode's theme, this episode is about another aspect of community building through music, and that is the role of mentorship as a musician. Having someone to look up to, someone whose life trajectory you can find inspiration from, helps demystify some of the unpredictability that is inherent in music careers. When I grew up, I didn't have a mentor. I was self-taught most of my life until I went to college for music, and even then, I only really found a few teachers who I could confide in much later. And I'm not really talking about someone who was helping with the technical aspects of playing music, but more someone who could give me real-life advice about managing my time and my relationships and generally how to make this whole thing work. I and many, many other musicians like me pieced it all together from many different examples of many different musicians. But imagine if we had real mentors, real working musicians who could shine a bit of guiding light when things seem rough or simply someone to offer a bit of perspective on a life decision. My guests today have done just that. Three amazing musicians who have all been actively involved in the Women in Jazz Organization's mentorship program, or Ouijo Mentors for short. Hi, I'm Emily Picararo. I'm a saxophone player here in New York City. For the first few years of its existence, I was the program director for the Women in Jazz Organization's collegiate mentorship program called Ouijo Mentors. My name is Tahira Clayton. I'm a vocalist, teaching artist, activist, and composer. I'm also the vice president of the Women in Jazz Organization and currently serving as the program director for the Ouijo Mentors program. Uh, my name is Olivia Hugart, and I am a student at NYU and a jazz studies major on the saxophone, and I have been a Ouijo mentor and a Next T, which is another version of their mentorship program. The Women in Jazz organization was founded by saxophone player Roxy Koss in July 2017, after their first monthly meeting at the Musicians' Union in New York, attended by 12 women. Today, the organization has over 500 members, and they host concerts, jam sessions, panel discussions, provide educational and musical resources, and all in all are making New York's music scene that much more rich and equitable. Today, we're going to be talking about how the Ouijo Mentorship Program came about, what it means for the music community, and how maybe you can start something similar in your own music scene. In a weird way, being a musician can be kind of lonely sometimes, especially in a big music scene like New York. Even though the work is highly collaborative, sometimes continuing those relationships outside of a musical context can be oddly difficult. Everyone's busy, everyone's competing with each other, and when you're not working, you're probably at home alone for some much-needed rest time for your only day off. So the story of how Ouijo came about and how Tahira, Emily, and Olivia get involved involves a simple personal invite and a bit of a leap of faith. So Ouijo actually happened within, I think, my first year of living in the city. Roxy Koss, a great friend and the founder of Women in Jazz Organization, sort of created this very informal meeting. She sent out an email and said, hey, I would love for you to come and talk about some of these issues. We're going to meet here and I'd love to see you there. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm new to the city. A bunch of badass women. This seems cool. Uh, we'll go check this out. I was playing 
like a big band, like a reading session at the union. And my pal Mercedes Beckman, who is an amazing, amazing saxophone player. She's down in D.C. now was also on this session and we didn't we didn't know each other and we both had this sort of like oh my god who are you like you know like sort of let's like let's be you know another woman let's be pals so mercedes and i became really good friends and she said to me at the end of the rehearsal she was like what are you doing tomorrow and i was like what <laughs> and she was like oh there's this meeting there's this women in jazz meeting you should come i had just moved to new york city when i was 18 and then to be in an academic setting playing music and not having a lot of other people that that looked like me i was i think one of four or five women in the program when I started out of like 100. <laughs> so I was actively seeking out opportunities to, to meet other women that were in New York City that were my age, that also had a passion for music. And so I, I had been in touch with Roxy a little bit, connecting with her, and I found out about the mentor program and I applied. So they take a chance and go to their first meetings and apply for the program. Tahira in 2017, Emily and Olivia in 2018. They go not really knowing what to expect. And once they arrive, they have almost the exact same reaction to the experience. What was so so special was like, oh my God, like I didn't realize I was missing this. Like it was cool to be like, oh, a room full of people who have their own journeys, but also very, very much understand my experience at like a really deeply personal level. And it was that was really eye-opening, honestly. I have been surrounded by mostly male colleagues who I adore. And are my friends, but I didn't, until joining Ouija, I didn't realize that that was something that was missing from my life. And that was really eye-opening for me. It was something I'd never seen. There were maybe 40 of us in the room. For the, It was one of the first times I had ever experienced, like, one, women being very honest about what they are experiencing on the scene, like, without hesitation. Like, there was no tongue biting. And two, that regardless of sort of race or gender expression or like musical experience, the personal experience of the woman in jazz was so eerily similar. And I was intrigued by that and also infuriated by it. And based off of that first sort of meeting, I knew that I wanted to be more involved and and however the steps were ordered, I ended up on the leadership team, the inaugural leadership team for for the organization. And I've been working in that capacity since. So Emily and Tahira join the team and Olivia joins as a mentee paired with a mentor. Once Emily is a member of Ouija, she starts to put together her idea of mentorship and how it's critical to what we do. She pitches the idea to the Weijo leadership team and immediately it's approved and adopted by the organization. First of all, just a huge shout out to Emily because she was like the ideal type of mind. She had an idea, she brought it to the Weijo team and she goes, this is what I want to do. And we're like, great, this is a fully formed idea. <laughs> So it really started as Emily's brainchild. Mentorship is in music, in the arts, is is so inherent to what we do. Just learning on the gig is just a thing, you know, and, and learning from your older colleagues and your younger colleagues and just like, that's just, that's built into the fabric of, of music making. And it's always been important to me. And I teach a lot and I, for me as a person, that's just been something that has always felt very organic to want to try and bring people together. So I was like trying to think it through and I kind of came up with this little plan and I asked Roxy, I was like, I had this idea, can, you know, for this mentorship program, can I pitch it to you? And like any new initiative, it starts with their immediate community, an immediate circle of friends and students, simply pulling from people who they're personally connected with. 
basically we cast a wide net to try and find as many mentees as we could. Of course, we're all thinking like, oh, I know this girl this or this student who I knew when they were in high school that now is at school X. Like, you know, we're pulling from who we already know or teachers at schools that were like, they will probably, if they don't know, they will know someone who knows. Just, you know, on the ground, sort of like interpersonal kind of stuff. And I think we put out a wide reach to the Weijo community saying, do you want to be a mentor? When Weijo mentors first started, there wasn't a formal application process like there is now. So we basically took anyone that wanted to be mentored. And I think the mentors were actually the ones who had to go through the application process. So we were sending the professional working women through an an application process. That early period involved reaching out to students in schools and colleges, finding any young musicians who were interested in being mentored by professional working musicians. Today, the number of mentor and mentee pairs has more than doubled in number. And that's now like basically completely flipped where there is a a very formal application process um, that is, you know, it's cost, but we also offer a ton of scholarships for for those who can't afford it or feel like they can't allot money to to that sort of extracurricular activity. Our mentees submit recordings now. We have them write a bio about themselves. We have them write a cover letter. We try to get as good of an idea as we can about like their artistic pursuit. And we accept only 20 now. Once the mentorship program was off the ground and running, the mentor and mentee pairs would meet in person, have lessons, workshops, and generally just stay connected, allowing younger musicians the incredible opportunity to peep into the lives of professionals who were thriving as musicians. So I think it ended up being one lesson over the course of the year, maybe two, and then a series of meetings, whether it's in person, on Zoom, on the phone, you know, over text, whatever you needed to do over, you know, and gave like a a time limit, like about 30 minutes a meeting or X amount of hours over the course of the school year, you can divvy it up at your discretion. And if people were in the same state or were able to meet up somewhere or something, like one of the mentees I remember was able to like fly to New York and meet her mentor and like came to a meeting and came to jam session. Like it's, you know, like you can make a whole whole to do out of it. Part of the Weijo pairing process, they ask you like what your preferred means of communication are. So some people are like emailers, texters, callers, phone callers. And I selected all of them and same with my mentor. So we would just go ham and like text each other and, and be like, hey, like some like annoying thing happened today, a uh, woman in jazz related of like someone said something that annoyed me and had to tell you about it. Or it could have been like, I need some advice about X, Y, Z, or I, what tune should I learn next? Or what have you been shedding? And it was like a very collaborative thing. And it, like at the end of the day, it wasn't really about like being women necessarily. It was just like, you're a professional musician and you're a mentor to me and I really look up to you. And what are the things that you're doing that you think I should do? Or like, what are things that you wish you knew at my age? And it was like, it's such a, such a good relationship because I would just be fed little tidbits here and there of like, Oh, like go to this jazz thing. Go to go to the show. Oh, I'm playing it here. Come, come by and come hang. So it was kind of that type of vibe. It was it was a mix of everything, and just knowing that I did have that little hotline of like someone that knows what they're doing in the city musically and and has their voice and is willing to to share and and be there was 
was really nice. And the most striking thing about the relationship between the mentors and mentees was that it wasn't like a teacher-student relationship, or even a relationship with a fellow colleague, but something much deeper than that. It didn't really feel like a, a student-teacher relationship. It kind of just felt like, almost like an older sister. And that's kind of my relationship now with Emily Pecoraro, who was the program coordinator when I was there my freshman year. But she and I have that same relationship. Is like she, I know she's always there, and she is, I look up to her so much, and she's just killing the game. Yeah, she's like my older sister. She knows a lot of stuff, and I know she's always there for me, which is super awesome. And another perk from the mentor program, because she wasn't officially my mentor, but <laughs> she's definitely become that figure in my life. And I'm super grateful to have her. I got to know so many of these students and I like them, you know, and they're all, everyone's, everyone I, I met is awesome. So we've all stayed in contact. And yeah, I feel like I have like all these like younger sisters and, and younger, younger siblings who through social media can be like, oh, I'm going to be in town. Can we get a cup of coffee? Or like, oh, like, you know, I got a call from somebody once that was like, I just need to talk about this right now. I had this like trash experience at a jam session. To know that you have multiple people you can talk to about that is also super cool. And what does that do to a music scene when you have this healthy and close sibling-like relationship with other musicians who, as the years go by, become your colleagues? Well, the first thing that it does is create representation and allow musicians to have role models that better represent them and their identities. I had amazing teachers and amazing men, you know, mentors and friends, but until I was like 30, I didn't have a, like a female colleague, friend, mentor. And I, I feel like I've done fine, as have we all, but like... How amazing would it have been to have that representation? Every single person was exactly like me, like in college, a woman in jazz, trying to figure everything out, really passionate about music and trying to be a full-time student and and make it on the scene and, and play a lot of music. So at first it's like a little intimidating to to be in a room with all these super cool people. But at the end of the day, like they all just want the same thing that I do. And that's like connecting with each other and, and having those relationships established and, and getting to play a lot of cool music and, and meet cool people. Made me think of this, this one interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson that I think about all the time where he says, and like the, the, the pull quote is like, I don't believe in um, role models. And I remember being like, interesting go on and his his think what he says is that as a, a black kid in the 70s growing up in the bronx he wants to be an astrophysicist so what he's like okay if i'm waiting to see myself represented i'm not going to so instead what he talks about doing is a la carte taking bits and pieces of inspiration from different people so to like have elements of role models in a million different people i like the way that person teaches i like the way that person leads a band i like the way that person you know, organizes their administrative life. I like the way that person speaks to the sound guy, whatever, to take all these little pieces from all these different people and kind of create your own, your own reality. And then you can sort of become like the role model of, of multiple role models. If you need someone who looks exactly like you to do something you want to do, but no one has done it before you, then you would never do anything new. So for me, in my life, I assembled my role models a la carte. I think if you want to go someplace where others have never been before, talk to people who have struggled, whether or not they're in the field you're aiming for. They will have stories that you can use and tap and fully exploit in the service of your ambitions. And uh, don't let the absence of someone who looks just like you be the reason why you don't become what you've always dreamt of being. Now, with that in mind, I think all of us have had, every person, regardless of who you are, 
does, you kind of do that a little bit, you know. But that being said, it is you can maybe get there a little faster or a little bit more confidently or with access to more resources or any of these these things that would um, increase your experience as a, as a learner if you do have some representation. So it, th- I think both of those t- realities can exist simultaneously. But, uh, you know, let's pull together all of our resources and, and some friends and some people that we can look up to. Like, I feel like a lot of these people that I've met are like sisters of mine now. Like, that big picture concept is like, to me, this is why we need this. And people can still pick and choose elements of whatever they want from everybody but like let's team together and and try and improve everybody's experience and with representation comes the continued work to create a community where everyone is represented fairly and that's what tahira's hope is for the future of wejo i would love to see more black women involved you know any type of program within jazz that's institutionalized a lot of the time we lose the people who most deserve to be in the room and in the space. So I would love to see more and I'm working tirelessly on more representation of people who look like me. And at Ouijo as a whole, that's a goal. It's continuing to, you know, we believe in equability for women. And we also know that equability is specifically speaking to the intersectionalism of challenges that Black women have, that Latin women have, that immigrant women have, that women who identify but don't present as have. So us continuing to expand our umbrella of care and um, intentional service is something that I hope we are getting better and better and better at in the next five to 10 years. The second thing that this relationship building does for a music scene is create a strong community of people who care about each other. Musicians who support each other in the work that they do. There's kind of like this community, like going to jam sessions and stuff. You'd you'd meet someone and be like, oh, like, are you part of Ouijo too? And then it's like, oh, yeah. And it was like this instant thing that was happening. But I think for anyone, regardless of, of, of gender, to have that mentorship opportunity, even something facilitated like this, where it's like you have to meet up a couple times every every couple weeks, make sure you're like keeping in touch. I think that was a really great, a great thing for me. Being in the arts is hard. Like it's, you know, we're, we're freelance people. Like the, your business is you, you know, so you have to stay organized, you have to stay on top of everything. It's not easy. And what we're doing is also deeply vulnerable. Like to be an artist, you, uh, there's a sensitivity and a vulnerability in just presenting music from, from your soul, you know. We got to take care of each other. It's hard enough. Like, you know, it's, it is to me so important to either be able to help create or to uh, certainly to be privy to just good vibes on, in the workplace it's a giant group project. Remember doing group projects? They were awful if it wasn't a good vibe with your your classmates. We're just big kids now. Like, that's the only difference. In this tradition, like in this music that we partake in, mentorship is the lifeblood. Like this music would not exist here had it not been for someone orally passing down the tradition. It survived through the sharing and the passing down of it. And I think when we think about community, like that is community. These shared values and these shared ideas that we allow to live through our through our being and our life. And as an older person, as I'm getting older, you know, I'm not the spring chicken on the on the scene anymore, which is it's a it's a gift, truly. You know, you learn that community only exists when you actively and intentionally create it and then participate in it. 
And I think Ouija Mentors has been a really great, like, sort of physical personification of women specifically have communities, but not always necessarily codified within music, specifically Black American jazz music. And the importance of like women being together, first of all, and being able to share space and share energy and share time. The fact that that hasn't happened in a really big way before is like the fire in me to continue this this type of connection between our older and our younger generations. Not to say that it was never happening before, but I feel like now the community building is happening in a very concrete way that can now be used and continue to be passed down with these younger generations. Aside from building community as a means to offer support and shared spaces, community in music is vital to having a career in music. The way we find work and the way we're referred for projects, the way we're hired is deeply personal. It's through messages and people referring other people for gigs and tours and recording sessions. There's no formal application or headhunting that takes place. So in order to be a working musician, you need to have an equitable music scene that represents all the musicians within it. You know, there's no LinkedIn. There's no like audition. There's no formal way that our community functions at the administrative level. So whatever we can do to, to be there for each other. We're also, you know, a lot of times people are up for the same gigs and things like this. And it's like, I want you to succeed. I also want to succeed, but I also want you to succeed. And I think whatever we can do to ma- to manifest a, like a happy working environment together, just baseline. We don't have to be sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, all the, you know, all the times. But just be good to each other and provide a place where everyone feels safe and, and seen. Then you can do whatever you want. You can do anything. For Olivia, this process of creating a community that fairly represents her and the women around her started all the way back when she was in middle school. She created what would come to be her own organization called Key of She, where she now serves as the founder and artistic director. I was in seventh grade and I joined, there were two jazz bands and I joined the the one that usually like the eighth graders, seventh and eighth graders are in. But I noticed that I was one of the only girls in that whole ensemble and so I wanted to do something about it. And so a friend and I went to our um, our middle school band director and we told her that we wanted to start an underground girls jazz club. And she was instantly receptive to that idea and super supportive. And she was basically like, no, this can't be an underground thing. Like, you need to make this like a, an ensemble, like make it a whole make it a whole experience for each other. And so we did that. And then as I got to high school, then it became a more involved uh, endeavor and now it's now it's its own organization so it's been really cool to see that kind of progress by the time she was in high school when most kids are just figuring out what they'd like their lives to maybe look like her organization hosted its first major conference and when i was in high school we launched the first ever key of she conference which was a full day experience full of master classes and workshops and panelists and presenters and a whole slew of of mini little sessions throughout the day. It was hosted in Philadelphia at the University of the Arts, and we had over 200 people come, which were not only female and women identifying students, but also students of all genders, as well as like parents and educators and and really a whole array of people. And since then, we've we've put on, uh, I think, four or five different virtual events 
So if you're like me and are extremely inspired by everything Olivia, Tahira, and Emily have worked towards, you might be wondering how you can do the same in your own community. What advice do these amazing musicians have, not just for fostering a music scene full of great players, but also people who support each other? If you have a vision and you're passionate about it, like passion will drive a lot and it'll take you farther than you think. And to also use your resources, the people around you, the people that you meet in passing, if you go to something virtually, like people are just an email away. And I think that it's it's really unique now that we're in this you know, digital era of everyone having phones and laptops and always being online and reachable. That's something that is so useful. And so I think that if you have a vision and a dream or something that is is driving you to play music or whatever you're doing, just carry that through and ride that wave as far as you can and use the people around you and collaborate with them. Um, if you're in a different part of the world, there's so many resources out there now that can connect you with people that are in your own community. It's, it's a matter of using that passion that you have and then finding those people. And I think that can take us all very far. If you have a, a, a core of an idea or you have a goal, right? And if the goal is mentorship, even if you don't know what that looks like, you just start it anyway, right? With with regards to Ouija Mentors, we were very lucky to have Emily have the idea of like, hey, why don't we have a mentorship program? The program looks very different today than it did when it first started. Had Emily not just taken the step and tried to get it going anyway, where would we be? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be happening. And one of my favorite things that I get to see is our younger generation just making stuff up. They're like, hey, like we have this mentorship program, but we have to mentor the younger people. How do we make sure that they even get to college aged? Well, you know, we have girls, who, women who are working with younger students now who are working in elementary school. So I say like, if you have a mission and you have just like the slightest idea Find people who can help you bring it to fruition, even if you're unsure of how they can help you. Being a dreamer my whole life and like, but never really knowing what the next steps were, I sort of just find myself where I am and that's cool. Weejo and Weejo mentors taught me that if you have an idea, if you have a dream, a lot of the time it can't be realized by yourself. Take it to someone else. Even if you don't know how they can help you, they probably can. And if they don't know how, they can link you with somebody who knows how. And if they don't know how, you'll find your answer some way or another. So take the idea and take it to somebody else and they'll, you'll get it done. As always, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And thank you so much to my patrons over at Patreon who support the show. I love making music, and I love talking about music with these amazing and deeply inspiring guests. And if you like any of the things I'm releasing, come join my community over at patreon.com slash You get access to a bunch of exclusive content, early access to videos, back and tracks, sheet music, but most importantly, you give me a reason to keep doing this every day. So thank you for that. <laughs>